All right, cool. Let's do it. The future belongs to those who control the culture, and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Oz Table Talk. My name is Luke and I am at the table with Ben and Dave. Good day, Luke. Good evening. Good evening, guys. Put his radio voice on there. Yeah. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening, guys. <coughs> How are you, mate? I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm not, yeah. not, not too bad. Today's been a fairly fairly good day. So yeah. bit of running around, some meetings here and there, and yeah, back to see you guys. So I'm happy about that. It's <laughs> <laughs> cool. And Ben was telling us over dinner that he's had a fantastic week. Mm. Yeah, it's been a really, really good week. So really productive. Yeah. Um, I'm well on the way, way to perfecting my um, butter chicken. So I'm going to try a vegetarian version of it soon. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Very good. So let me know when you do and I'll give me at least 20 minutes notice so I can get there. And <laughs> <laughs> I would like to test it first just in case it needs to go in the bin. Ve- ve- vegetarian salmonella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's something that sticks out in your mind? Like, is there something that sticks out as something you've cooked that was an absolute train wreck that it's like, I'm so glad no one else was here to eat that it'd be my last attempts at a um a doll yep it was about uh four months ago and oh it was edible but it was kind of a sad edible <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember when i was just starting after we got married and i was just starting to get into like cooking for myself more, more so uh like just getting interested in it as a as a hobby I was looking at doing this recipe that I'd found online. I'm like, oh, this sounds really good. It's like a this Asian black bean stir fry thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, oh, so stoked. <laughs> You're laughing because I think you probably I remember, remember this, this story. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it said it needed 400 mils of black bean um, stir fry sauce. And I, sure. And so I looked at the jar that I had. The jar that I had was um, like... I think it was like 350 or it was slightly less anyway and i thought oh it's close enough i'll just use the whole thing so i used the whole thing and i very very proudly presented it and sat down with sarah and we sat down to eat it and we both like stuck one forkful in our mouth and almost threw up i was like oh what did what did you do <laughs> this is just i'm gonna die and i mean we we suffered through a bit of it and like i was so dry that night like i kept waking up and needing water i i thought so sick afterwards <laughs> What I didn't realize is that the source that I'd picked up was a concentrate. It wasn't a... Oh, yep. a and so I had put like 10 times the amount of <laughs> of sodium into this dish than was required. And it, it yeah, it, it definitely qualifies as, as my biggest train wreck so far, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I mean, I burnt plenty of stuff, but that's, that's, that's the one that like was literally inedible. I think mine was... You were there. You had to eat some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, savory polenta when we went I can't remember whether we went away was it to Agnes for the day or something uh, and we yeah. had like a picnic lunch and I, I remember made something some about savory polenta and it was so salty yeah and you still you you and your family still to this day are on about me and salt because yeah. of that <laughs> <laughs> but I think 
the thing that's probably a bit unusual about me is I don't usually try things when I cook them. Yeah. Like the first time I eat them is usually when everybody eats it. Yeah. Which, which can be either really great or not so great like it was on that day. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you really got to taste things as you cook. Yeah. That, that was the, one of the big no, game changes for feel. me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do that. I just like, okay, so if you have a taste, you're just like, mm, and then you just go, okay, well, a bit of this and a bit of that, and then you um, get a new spoon do it again and go, yep, that's better. Oh, you get a new spoon. Good for you. No, I'm just kidding. I know that's a good idea. <laughs> Come on, mate. Just because you're a I, parent. It's, like, it's okay. <laughs> when I cook for you, I'll, I won't use the new spoon. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, but before we before we go any further, I want to give a shout out to a, a listener of ours. Uh, her name is Angela. Uh, Angela, I just want to say thank you for, for listening. We only got to interact just recently and uh, you've joined our... Um, our Facebook Messenger group uh, and just having a chat to you, you, you were able to, you shared how the burnout episodes uh, were a real benefit to you. And so I just want to say thank you so much for reaching out and letting us know because from our perspective, it is a very one-way conversation. You know, we, we put the content out there and we get a small amount of feedback, but when someone does, it really means a lot. So yeah. uh, Angela, I just wanted to say thank you so much for reaching out and letting us know that uh, we made a difference for you guys. So yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah. Mm. So, Dave, I believe we have an icebreaker question, even though we've broken the ice considerably. Yeah, we kind of did with the cooking question, didn't we? Yeah, it just seemed to be a place to go. <laughs> um, the question that I found on the internet was, uh, what does your car say about your personality? Mm. Hmm. To which you immediately said you were going to twist the question. So, Ben, <laughs> <laughs> what do you drive? No answer for you. I drive a Holden Captiva. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, it is the... See seven seater, mm-hmm. so for all those kids that you're gonna have. Well, that's the idea. So part of what it says about me is I'm considering having more than two children because if you have two children, you only need the five seater version. Mm. But I tell you what, the extra boot space comes in real handy for moving things and um, that. Mm. Currently, um, if you look in the boot, it's half filled with gym stuff that permanently <laughs> lives there. <laughs> Of course it what, does. Just in case you break down and you need to work out. <laughs> <laughs> just, just in case when you're driving home, you just need to do some kettlebell swings or something. No, no, it's more. Um, I got my um, my squash rackets, weight belts, that sort of thing in there. Okay. Just so I don't have to remember loading it all the time. Bench press. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Squat rack. <laughs> I think the other thing it says about me is I got the six-cylinder version, not the four, because I want that extra power. I'm a little bit heavy with the on my when on power the hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Very. <laughs> I'll, I've never owned a four-cylinder, and I don't plan on starting anytime soon. Okay. So you just like to leave all your petrol on the road, pretty much. Okay, yes, I do spend a little bit more on petrol than I probably need to, but... <laughs> it's okay, I'm not judging you. I'm sure, I'm sure I'll have a six-cylinder at some point. But admittedly, my, my, the car I had before this was a um, XR6, so... True. Yeah, you could hear that one coming from blocks away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was so much more fun to drive, but sometimes <laughs> you're just going to be practical. Yeah, that's it. So, Dave, since, since you wanted to uh, make Five me wait... You. Yeah, so I'm going to go for you next. Yeah, right. So I drive a... Toyota Corolla, um, which is a very <coughs> small, reliable car. Mm-hmm. Um, Does so that mean you're small and reliable? <laughs> <laughs> um, I endeavour to be reliable. I'm not going to claim that, but I'll put a question mark against that one. I'd say you are. Right. Um, they are also quite cheap to run, so mm. I feel like that that goes with me a little bit. I, <laughs> I don't usually spend a bunch of money. Um, 
pretty pretty vanilla as well, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> There's not really anything fancy about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that probably works for me as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what this says about me, but I don't have a lot of luggage space in mine, Ben. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess don't come to me with your baggage. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, and or you're not planning on having more than three children. <laughs> but where do you keep your kettlebells? My kettlebells. That's a good question, Ben. I am yet to discover where to keep my kettlebells. <laughs> I guess that means you have to own kettlebells first, right? <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. So for, for me, I would uh, like my current car is a Camry. So just just your car's bigger brother, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Four, four cylinder. But when we bought it, I I always like to drive cars that are different from what other people have. It's not about it being perfect in one way or the other. I like things that are a little bit out of the ordinary. And uh, so I've always endeavored to have something about my car be a bit different. The car that I had before that was a Hilux, true enough. So it was not that out of the ordinary, but like, as an example, like I had the, the tailgate, like the Toyota on the tailgate painted orange, you know, so it was just something that's different to whatever the norm is. And when it was looking like it made sense for us as a family to buy a Camry, I resisted that terribly because I couldn't think of a more normal car for us to buy it. And that is, <laughs> that is horribly against my grain. So I uh, was very pleased that I found, uh, for a similar price, a, the Sportivo model. So it just had the, like, the nicer accessories and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, well, I'll have to settle, but at least I'm not settling for the base model. <laughs> but... And here's where I'm twisting the question. If I was to actually own a car that I wanted, my my car of choice, and I know this is very random, but my car of choice would actually be a Mini Cooper S. Like I actually, I really like things, cars that are styled very countercultural, countercultural to whatever the norm is. And so, yeah, I, I like those more artsy kind of cars. If I can pick one, just keep it away from NATO. I've heard him talk about getting one and putting a V8 in it. <laughs> I can imagine him doing that. <laughs> Just about to do wheel stands, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much. Uh, so, well, anyway, um, having having said that, we should at least get to the point of the conversation. <laughs> so oh, we're just going to talk about cars. Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, no, seriously, the, the the topic that we're dealing with tonight uh, came out of my experience just over the last couple of weeks. Just a few conversations I've had with people. Uh, we've talked about how accepting praise and its relationship to becoming proud and whether that whether that happens should we be careful of that should we not how does that operate in our lives so yeah the question that we're going to be discussing is does accepting praise make you proud so like as we get underway with that when i shared that topic with you guys anything spring to mind first like top of mind um well i feel like the question if it was uh, more broad could mm. be answered more easily. So if the question was, can accepting praise make yeah. you proud? I think the answer is a definite yes. Mm. Um, but does is very black and white mm. as though it has to either, yes, it does or no, it doesn't. And mm. I'm not comfortable with either one of those two extremes. Mm. And because one of the um, big problems is, do you also include, because um, praise can look a lot like encouragement as well. Um, they're on, along the similar frame and, we're actually told to encourage one another. Mm. So it's a case of, well, where does encouragement end and praise begin? And is it a good or a bad thing? Mm. And I think it also, I suppose the context makes a difference as well. You know, like mm. um, mm. if you've done something that's praiseworthy, mm. uh, shouldn't you be praised? Mm-hmm. 
you know? Yeah. It's it's hard, you know. Like I, I think one of the things that spring to mind is I remember talking to someone who who came to our church. Uh, this is some years ago now. This is before I even lived in 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 Bundaberg, but uh, this lady came and she was really put off by like she just happened to come at a time where we would the Sabbath school study was talking at the Bible study was talking about pride and how we should not accept praise or no I don't know how it was actually framed, but it was it was like that we should be acknowledging that everything good comes from God. And mm. in doing so, you know, we are protecting ourselves from pride. And that was sort of the, the idea that was being presented. And she really got stuck on that because she thought, well, you know, how can how can you even ever take a compliment then and, mm. and do it in a way that is not going to be spiritually damaging? Like, you know, and so it really, it really um, didn't sit well with her. And at the time, I guess I was a very... Uh, I guess I had that conservative lens that said, well, if you accept any praise and you don't redirect that glory to God, you know, even from someone like at a random time in, out in the community or whatever, if someone gives you a compliment, you have to direct that straight to God. Otherwise, you're displeasing him. Like that, that was something that I mm. would have agreed with at that time. And so I guess I kind of defended the point. But, you know, now as I've... Uh, had more experiences, I guess. Like I now realize that that's not always the appropriate response. Of course, God is the one that gives us those things, but you have to ask yourself, why are you actually communicating that to that person? And is it actually helpful to them in their Mm. Christian walk? Yeah. I suppose it also maybe depends a little bit on um, are we praising a thing or are we praising a person? Mm. Yeah. and by thing, I guess I mean a behavior or an mm, action or an outcome, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I was just thinking, you know, as you were saying that, like the Bible says uh, quite a lot about, as you pointed out, encouragement. Um, but I was thinking about, you know, the Bible talking about praise. And when it, t- when it comes to praise, the Bible talks mostly about praising God. Mm. Um, Indeed, yeah. But then Jesus uh, came and God's... I guess praised him in a sense. Mm. He said, mm-hmm. "This is my beloved son, um, in whom I am well pleased." Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, like, how do we how do we understand something like that? Like, as I see it, that was something that was really important and formative for Jesus in mm. his his ministry, and it established he, his identity, right? Yeah, but yeah. also the way he dealt with temptation. Yeah, yeah. right after that fact. Um, yeah, I don't know. I. I I sort of feel like that's a little bit instructive. Maybe um, rather than praising actions, uh, we should praise uh, identity because in our identity, uh, that's always tied back to our our belonging to God, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm. And that's actually very interesting because, you know, I was thinking about this in relation to, as I often do, think about it in relation to children because... when you know if you, parenting books that you read and, and all the rest of it you know they they point out that children that are praised for um being smart or whatever it is it actually work is it's counterproductive in the sense that they begin to associate their worth with whatever that quality is that they're being praised for mm-hmm. if you're telling them that they're pretty well they think that that's what makes them valuable if yeah. you're telling them they're smart they think that that what makes them valuable and so you know when you are encouraging a, a, a child it's better to encourage 
ca- the character, not not so much the outcome or the the outward sign of that. So, mm. and I think that plays into what you're saying, Dave. So when we would encourage them, you know, like I might say to Seth, "Wow, you did so much hard work to achieve that goal. That that you that's fantastic." You know, I think that is in a in a small way that's really what what God does with us. He's he's not. Uh, He's not praising us for things that we have no control over. He's praising us for who we are in Him, mm-hmm. as in, you know, it, if we're taking praise in that positive sense that you're talking about. Does, mm. does, that, does that hit right, or, or am I missing it? You reckon? Yeah, I think so. Mm. I'm just processing it still, but mm. yeah, I think that's pretty much what I was saying. Mm. I was looking, uh, I was looking at a couple of texts because I think there are multiple. Well, of course, there's multiple factors at play here, but I was looking at Romans. 12 verse 16 and it says uh, be of the same mind toward one another do not uh, do not set your mind on high things but associate with the humble do not be wise in your own opinion mm. and i think that's probably one of the key factors here being wise in your own estimation is is where damage really happens and i think that that's where the that's where people fear praising others or fear being praised will take them to a place that they don't want to be spiritually. If if we allow ourselves to read our own press, so to speak, if you actually believe all, if someone is saying something really good about you and you believe it, you start to think that you are better than the people that are around you. That's where you've crossed a line, I think, and it, it's that's where the danger really starts to happen. Mm. Because you're talking about um, getting to the point where instead of praising others and praising God, it's more of a case of praising oneself, which mm. is where pride um, is um, really at a point of taking over. I'm thinking of, in particular, um, Proverbs 27, two. Mm-hmm. Let another man praise thee, and not thine own mouth, a stranger, and not thine own lips. So mm. individuals who are at the point of praising themselves. Mm. It's, it's definitely at that point of um, where pride has taken over, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, I think we need to do a, a better job of explaining this uh, because uh, I think people fall into the rut on either side of the road there. Mm-hmm. They, they'll either um, want to uh, uh, what's what I'm looking for celebrate what they're doing right or something good that has happened to them. And so they will you know go down the path that you're talking about where they're trying to constantly lift themselves up above the people that are around them. Mm. Or there's the people on the other side of the fence that will never share with you anything good that they've achieved or done because they're scared of being labelled as someone who is proud and trying to draw attention to themselves. Whereas it's totally appropriate under certain circumstances, totally appropriate to celebrate good things that God has done together. And you can't celebrate with me if I don't tell you what I've done. You know what I mean, and then we shouldn't think of that as being a bad thing. And I know, I, I know, I struggle with that sometimes. If if I do something or achieve something that I'm really happy about or really proud of, uh, like I am reluctant to tell other people because I'm worried that oh they're just going to think he's drawing attention to myself. And I'm, I'm not. I'm just genuinely excited, and I want to share the excitement with the people that are around me. Yeah, the real um, the devil is in the detail in there. Mm. It's a case of the motive and. Um, as human beings, it's not something we can actually look at in another human being, is it? Because mm. what you're mentioning is going and doing good things, but it, we've talked about actually, uh, wouldn't that be a wonderful thing for us to actually do as part of the church service, come together and actually say, oh, I, I shared Jesus with these people mm. because it's such a good source of encouragement. Yeah. So that's that's mm. the real where the uh, mm. the lines blur a little bit. And I think it, it's it's coming back to the emotive, mm. and that's the reason why we I think as human beings we struggle with this so much is mm. because uh, 
we can't see motive. We can't judge motive. Only mm-hmm. God can do that. Yeah. And as, as such, we can't quantify it. So it's very hard for us to, at times to tell whether a person is being prideful mm. or just being encouraging. Yeah. Mm. Where do you think uh, pride comes from? Hmm. Exaltation of self. So it could be a little bit from self, little whispers of the devil encouraging others to do what he does. Do you think it's possible that pride could most of the time be about a deficiency? It can be. Rather Mm -hmm. than it being um, about having too much praise, maybe sometimes it's about us not getting enough praise, not Mm. feeling uh, valuable in ourselves, Mm. um, self-esteem or self-worth, whatever you want to call that. Mm. Yeah, I definitely would say that's definitely one. Mm. Because I Um, I imagine if if you were um, never given any affirmation throughout your life and you therefore went about your life trying to receive affirmation Hmm. um that then you would have to do a lot of your own self-promotion yeah um and then that could get to your head a bit yeah i i know what you're talking about um it was in a parenting book Mm -hmm. it it talked about um the importance of giving um a certain amount of affirmation to children and it talked about just that as adults often um we overcompensate for things that we were lacking in our childhood and um yeah if a child hasn't received a lot of um, affirmation or encouragement or as you said praise as a child they may actually seek that out as an adult it's not coming from a place of pride. It's simply coming from a place of insecurity. Yeah, or like, even need. Yeah, so again, it comes back to that motive, which is why it's so hard to tell. Yeah. Because I'm imagining like if, if you were in a situation where you were saturated with love mm-hmm. and, and worth and belonging, that you wouldn't have the problem that you were describing, Luke, where you um, felt somewhat like insecure or whatever Mm. about sharing your victories or Mm. your celebrations um nor would you have i i think the desire to compare yourself to somebody else yeah which i suppose would be where pride would most generally come from Mm. in us like as in we would we would be feeling proud that we're doing better Mm. than someone else Mm. as opposed to just feeling proud of what we're doing. Mm. Yeah. Because what we're doing is quite meaningless unless we're judging it against something. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess that that's actually a really good point because we can either choose to compare our progress against ourselves mm. or uh, we can either yeah judge it against ourselves or we are then in a position where we're going to grade ourselves off others. And that's a that's a very I guess that that's a very dangerous thing to do. I can't remember who it was that that uh, said that great quote. You know that comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah, and it's so true. No, oh, another um, thing I was thinking of keeping up with the Joneses, looking at others, and case of when you're comparing against others, it just creates all sorts of problems. In this case, um, pride. It could be greed. So, uh, maybe have we have we hit on something that's fairly vital here? Uh, are we saying that pride only becomes pride when it becomes a uh, comparison, right? Like when we are exalting ourselves by by way of examining our relationship of our achievement or our worth to somebody else's? Yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely say that that plays a big part. So without that, okay, well, let's play with that idea a little bit further. Without that, is it possible to be proud? Hmm. 
I don't know if it is, honestly. Yeah. I haven't obviously had very long to think about this mm. to, to really plumb the depths myself. But mm. yeah, I'm thinking like if we're thinking like the origin of pride, we're thinking Lucifer, mm-hmm. that, that all began when he started comparing himself to others, to, yeah. to, to, to God, God himself, yeah. to, to those around him wondering, you know, I seem to be somewhat better than them. Mm-hmm. If I could just prove that I'm better than him, then I'd be the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was definitely some comparison going on there. Um, I, I, I'm also thinking about like the antithesis to this and thinking like if if you're um, recognizing that everything that you do is because God is is blessing you with life and with the ability to do what you're doing, mm. um, then when somebody is attributing praise to you, um, and you're not then comparing that to something someone else is doing. You're just being like, yeah, hey, that is good. Mm. You know, God has done a good thing through me. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, when you have that, I guess, that sense of perspective that you're just looking at you compared to the you yesterday, for example, yeah. rather than, you know, mm. the somebody else today. Yeah. Mm. I suppose what you're doing is um, you're giving yourself the ability to see God's work in you, to see the growth mm. that you are experiencing in Christ. Mm. In and isolation. that's not praise. I mean, yeah. that's not pride. No, no, no. I, I would go so far as to say not only is it not pride, I would say it's essential to growth. Yeah. Because if you never see... You, I mean, you think about any skill that you have. Like, you, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's playing guitar or whatever. But if you labored and practiced hard for six months and never saw any improvement, you never actually stopped to reflect on, on whether you've improved or not, how much encouragement would you have to stick with it? Yeah, you, know, you wouldn't. Uh, you know, that uh, positive feedback loop is a, whole, a part of growth. It's necessary for growth. So, yeah, I, I would say that's healthy and essential for our yeah. growth to recognize that and evaluate that. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So... Considering that that is an internal struggle or um, alignment that we need to to achieve, how do we do that practically? Because you know, some people are much more prone to this than others. Some people are naturally very self-effacing and don't, and and want to stay out of the limelight as far as possible. So obviously, some people struggle with um, this more than others. So how do we handle this, or how should we handle this to avoid this being an issue for us? I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is um, there's a difference between praise and flattery. Mm-hmm. Um, I, f- I think a lot of the time when when you're trying to flatter somebody or sometimes you're not trying to, but when you are going about uh, whatever you're, you're saying, if it has a flattering sort of a, uh, an outcome, yep. um, it's probable that it's not coming from a genuine place. Yeah. Um, whereas I think if you're genuinely praising someone, uh, you have their best interest in mind when you say it. And it's a, it's a genuine recognition of something good that, is, that has happened, mm-hmm. uh, that you've seen or that you've benefited from or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you want them to know that that is good, mm-hmm. what's, whatever's going on in their life at that moment. Mm-hmm. Now, I suppose you could say that the, the way in which you articulate that praise might be important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, I would say for me personally that... I, I don't, can't think of too many times in in the recent um, in recent times when I have given somebody genuine praise 
and that's backfired. I, I can't think of a, a time. Mm. Um, you know, like I work with kids a lot through through Sabbath school and also through some of my work. And um, I, f- I feel like every time I, I hand out praise, but from a genuine place, mm. uh, that that always has a positive outcome. Mm. So I suppose one thing I would say is, is to be genuine, not, mm. not just saying something because you want to, you know, make someone feel something, mm. um, you know, because that's going to be flattery. But to say something ge- that you genuinely believe and that you've experienced mm. and, and that's worth saying, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And that, that actually puts more um, responsibility on us as well as the one that is delivering it because that means we have to be observant. We have to examine the person. If, we, if you want to say something nice about them, like you say, f- flattery is easy. Flattery you can make up on the spot, basically. Mm. But to, to give true encouragement like you're describing, that requires a knowledge of the person and an observation of what's going on. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I also wonder, you know how sometimes... Okay, so I'm going to pick an example I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. I've just preached a sermon. Mm-hmm. Everybody... Yeah that comes out by the door tells you that it was a great sermon mm-hmm. unless they don't um, <laughs> and we won't go there tonight that's a different conversation yeah but that doesn't happen like the general prevailing view is good, good sermon right right but because everybody says it mm. I don't necessarily believe it mm-hmm. because I don't necessarily see that coming from a genuine place yeah whereas if someone says to me at the door you know what I really liked about that sermon? And then they say something specific about it and make reference to how that changed their life mm. today. Yep. Then I know I've preached a good sermon, yeah. right? And then I can praise God mm. because he was the one that saw the need and addressed the need through me. Yeah. But if someone's just saying, you know, as a platitude, mm. good sermon today, yep. it sort of loses its meaning. Yeah, it yeah. has no value at that point if it's just yeah. a reflex. Yeah. Mm. It's too... Yeah. I would say it's too broad. There isn't any specific. Right. Yeah. yeah. I've got a mate who, who when people compliment him, he always says, you're just being Christian. Mm. Um, <laughs> right? And part of that is because he's insecure about his, his abilities. Mm. He's an extremely talented singer, um, but doesn't like to recognize that because when people compliment him, he feels like it's coming from that place, that mm. place of... I feel it's my Christian duty to tell you that you've done a good job. Whereas what he wants to know is how did my song touch you today? Yeah. Mm. I don't care if you if you, you know, didn't like it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, but don't don't be don't treat me like a fool and just mm-hmm. tell me you liked it because mm-hmm. that's the kind thing to do. Yeah. And he, and that example that you give is actually excellent for another reason. I think just because we often think of pride as being a, a, the problem of, you know, arrogant people who are trying to big note themselves. I think it is an equally big problem for people who are trying to hide themselves as well because they have the same problem, but it is expressed inversely. They care so much about their what they're saying or thinking or doing or whatever it is their problem that they aren't willing to uh, project it or put it out there mm. for others to be blessed by. And I, I think it's... Can I just check? I've, I got a little bit lost there. Yeah, yeah. Are you saying 
the person who's giving the compliment or the person who's not using their ability? The person who isn't using their ability, like they are, they're not uh, like, that's not the desirable outcome either, I guess is my point. Yeah. Is that pride or insecurity though? Oh yeah, for sure. It could be insecurity, but what what I'm meaning is like it's two sides of one coin in a, in a way. Yeah, well, that that is a definitely a fair point, and yeah. I guess that was kind of my observation earlier. Is mm. I wonder whether pride is really just insecurity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Just yeah. worked out in in that way. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. It just do, yeah. I, I guess <laughs> I'm just trying to think. I'm just. It's sort of like my brain's racing ahead. It, it is functioning as a, a, a way to fill that hole, but yeah, the expression may look different. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say definitely some pride, but some pride is just downright prideful as well. <laughs> but what motivates that kind of pride, though? Like, I I want to understand what is the difference. Mm. Well, that's the hard bit. But do you? Oh, let me put it this way. Do you think Lucifer, when he was prideful up in heaven, it came from a place of insecurity? I think I think it mm. it could have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know whether I'm willing to say it did, but I, mm. I think it could have. Would that then, though, uh, would that be saying then that he was not perfect if he was created with insecurities? Or were the, are you saying the insecurities were the precursor to sin? I'm saying that in comparing himself to other people, he mm. became insecure with himself mm. and that developed in him what we like to refer to as pride. Yeah. Mm. And I'm saying that's a possibility. I just want to clarify. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that's exactly how I believe things went down, but mm. isn't it possible that that's exactly what happened in his For heart? For sure. For yeah. sure. Definitely, yeah. And, I can see where you're coming And it from. could be that, like you say, Ben, that it's just a dark... <laughs> he just had a dark abscess, if you like, yeah. <laughs> in his heart, uh, and, and that it expressed itself in just this—I don't know—somehow other motivated pride. I just am struggling, honestly, to think of another motivation for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like when I actually drill down and and try to re- like think about what has ever motivated pride in my life, I honestly think it's it's been about insecurity. Yeah. Hmm. Like I I like comparing myself to somebody else because it picks me up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and when, while, while ever we're treading on someone else in order to get higher, we we run into issues, right? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I, and I guess but my point was that is just insecurity, isn't yeah. it? Mm. You know, cause yeah. Because if we don't know that we're valuable in and of ourselves, mm-hmm. then we need to tread on someone else. But yes. if we know that we're valuable in and of ourselves, there's no need for that. Mm. Yeah. 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 And And can I also just point out, it's probably going to be easier to give praise... If you have an idea of your worth in Christ, mm. Mm. do you think? Whereas if you're struggling with insecurity yourself, then giving praise to somebody else is going to actually feel mm. uh, like you're jeopardizing your own worth. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it, especially it becomes... if it's something that you're also attempting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if, if I'm, praising you Luke for a good sermon mm. and I'm really insecure about my ability to preach mm. I'm I'm less likely to praise you aren't I mm. yeah mm. because it becomes a zero sum game if I'm a winner then therefore you're a loser yeah yeah which Pot- is a potential economy yeah exactly yeah so I think yeah I, that that's a, that's such a good observation I, I I really feel like this app there's a part of our culture, and I'm, I'm sure this might be the same in other nations as well, but as Aussies, you know, this idea of tall poppy syndrome mm. that, 
you know, well, if someone's doing well, we're going to knock them down to make sure they don't think too much of themselves. You know, you, you can probably even hear it in this podcast. Not that we do it intentionally. We, we have a laugh. But, you know, everybody takes a shot at each other and, it, and it's almost like a, a, a yes, what's we're looking for? It's, it's like a sign of uh, acceptance or mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure exactly how to, how to label it. But basically, we do that very easily, very commonly. And it's way more prevalent in in Australian society than it is in other in mm-hmm. other countries. Like when I talk to people that are from the US or Canada, and they are much more naturally, at least I seem to me anyway, to be much more naturally affirming of the people that are around them. Yeah. Whereas we don't do that, you know, or at least not very well. We have great respect for each other. But we, but it's like we show that by tearing each other down, which is not healthy. But it's 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 the culture, and so I do think that we have to be consciously countercultural as Christians. We have to, if we see there's a deficiency, like we're talking about right now, uh, I think that we need to be conscious about how we do that. And I was just thinking about the history of that. It, it, let's continue to utilize your thesis, basic thesis, Dave, that that insecurity is the basis of all pride. Think about the origins of, of us as a nation. You know, we were convicts originally, right? The entire nation was built on, on hard work and people that were deported for offences. Mm-hmm. And so they have these significant portions of their life where there's significant amounts of trauma and the people who are doing okay, the people who have the power are the people that are you know, lording it over them. They're the people that are overseeing their uh, time as convicts working the land. And so, of course, the people that rise up above the general populace are going to be pulled down because mm. they are they are viewed negatively by the general society. And so we've we started from a very insecure base of hardworking people. And so but now we all you know we're free and we're generations away from that, but we still retain this desire to make sure nobody sticks their head too far above the crowd. Mm. So, it's interesting. It's also very British. <laughs> yeah, Which the, testifies to our roots. That's yeah. our roots over there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and of course, I don't know if that's the exact way it happened or why it happened, but uh, it's it's a possible. Yeah, it's interesting. Idea. It makes it makes sense. Mm. So, I don't know where you want to go with this conversation. Whether yeah, well, you still had things you wanted to I'm, direct I'm, us to. Or? I'm feeling like I'm I'm pretty happy. I was hoping just that we can start putting a cap okay. on it. Yeah, sure. Well, just as we do, um, can we maybe give some practical? Mm. I know we sort of already have, but but instead of mm. you know just Going in conversation let's be really direct Specific. about it so um how how can we both give and receive praise holistically like mm. in a way that will be wholesome to us rather than um you know leading in that direction of, of mm. pride mm-hmm. well i would say uh, as far as giving praise number one make sure it is uh for something that is uh, it's speci- you're specific. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. That it is specific praise for the effect that that person has had on you or something you've observed. Yeah, hmm. and and maybe in that specific, and I know this is exactly what you're gonna what you were saying, but hmm. um, putting other words around it. Yeah, and and just putting what I had written down around it. Um, I think describing the impact hmm. that whatever you're praising the person for has made either in your life or the life of someone else that you've observed. Hmm. I think it just makes it more tangible, more more meaningful when you are giving praise, and also I think more likely to be reproduced. Mm. Like if you've if you've seen that something you have done has made a difference, mm. um, you're likely to to keep doing that. Yeah. Uh, whereas if it's just a like an empty 
praise without any particular direction or intentionality about it. Mm. Um, I don't know that it's likely to 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 be reproduced. It's mm. probably more likely to. I don't know, like maybe fester inside and then it becomes shallower and shallower each time that particular thing is reproduced. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I also wrote down, um, identify the praise, uh, sorry, identify and praise the source of whatever it is you're praising Mm. Um, because ultimately at the end of the day, um, there is no one good but God. Um, And so anything that we are doing that is good is because we have been created in His image Mm. And he is he is doing that good in and through us, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we can go too far with that, and we can make it sound like, um, "Well done, puppet! Mm. Um, you know you have done exactly what you have been programmed to do," mm-hmm. um, which is not the case, right? Yeah. We need to acknowledge the fact that there is free will involved, and that person deserves some um, some affirmation for the responsibility that they have taken yeah. to do whatever it is that they have yeah. done. Um, but also, I suppose it would be helpful in giving praise that we that we bring it back, that the recognition goes to God and you mm. um, in that this work that you have done, you have done it for him and through him. And, yeah. and as a result of that, hopefully that will strengthen their connection with God rather than pulling yeah. them away from him. Yeah. And I think that particular point bridges the gap between the people doing the, the encouraging or doing the praising and the people receiving it because I think one of the only ways to, to receive praise in a healthy way, even if it's not um, appropriate in that context to stop the person and say, oh, no, don't praise me because God's the one that did it. Like uh, that, that is a, might be have a, a time and a place, but like even in the times where that's not the case, you should have a keen awareness of your reliance on God. Mm. And if we keep that front and center, we understand that that was a gift. That is not yours. That is yours uh, in as stewardship. It, you're, you are steward of those talents or those resources, mm. but you are not the source of those talents and resources. Yeah, keeping that front and center in our minds is helps us have a healthy relationship to the praise. And then that actually enables us to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That enables us to actually feel the joy that comes from it. That, oh, wow, I'm so glad that I allowed God to into my life so that this could be the case. This could be happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. Mm. And an- another p- uh, part of receiving it well is being gracious, mm. being gracious about that. You know, the example that you were giving, Dave, about when you preach a sermon and people come and, you know, say, good sermon even the people that do it the right way and pray something specific and give impact and whatever. Yeah. I, I, there have been some people that I know that could, could not bring themselves to take that, that, um, (laughs) praise, right? (laughs) I I once heard it said the devil already told me that. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yep. I have heard this myself. Yeah. Yep. But that, see, the problem with doing that, and, and like I'm not sure if, if someone feels convicted to do that, uh, well, that that's them. But I, the problem with doing that is you are to a large extent, yeah, you're discouraging the person. You're invalidating what that person was attempting to do. That person was was trying to communicate to you that they received value from what you the ministry that you've just partaken in, and instead you're throwing that back in their face. That may not be your intention, but that's the the result, especially yeah. for people that aren't. Uh, hyper aware spiritually, right? Like, I mean, when I encourage people and sometimes I get that kind of a response, I understand where they're coming from and I'll just blow it off. Like, yeah, sure, that's fine. I get what you're saying. I understand. I agree. But 
for somebody who is, you know, new and they're trying to just express their, their appreciation or whatever it is, doing that is very discouraging uh, and yeah, it makes them think, okay, well, wait a second, like what am I doing wrong? Or, you know, then they start questioning themselves. So I think we need to be very gracious in how we receive praise and not lord it over others, but also don't try to deflect it to the point where we're not even receiving the gift that's being given. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yep. Yeah, so I just had written down perspective and context for yep. receiving praise, you know, uh, just being aware uh, when somebody praises you for, for something that you've done that there's a reason why you've done that. And generally, it's going to be because of other people, mm-hmm. you know, influencing you in that way mm. or because of God. Yeah. Um, so, you know, take it, be, celebrate that God has done a work in you, mm. um, but always celebrate that God has done the work, not mm. celebrate that, you know, aren't I great? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, definitely be focusing on that because the moment you go to aren't, aren't I great, you start looking at other people yeah. and that's where you know that you've gone into the mm. the, the territory of pride and you're, um, you're no longer receiving it well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And just want to reiterate before we close, um, just whenever you give or receive praise, um, be genuine. Yeah. Mm. There's no point with the platitudes and there's no point, you know, mm. just trying to flatter somebody. Make it make it real. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Be real about it, and also just try and I suppose be in a in a good place yourself of of self worth, so that you are capable of recognizing the yeah. the good things that other people are doing around you and affirming them for that. Mm-hmm. And if I could just challenge you guys as we do wrap this one to intentionally praise, have some intentionality about it because it makes an incredible difference. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I'm just feeling like I can't do this, whatever this is, you know, fill in the blank for whatever I can't do this anymore is some, uh, some intense appreciation coming from somebody unexpected can be all of the fuel that you need to keep going. Mm. And so when we understand that level of power is in our mouth, that we can utilize that to, you know, you there may be a, an, a teacher at your church that is feeling like throwing it all in because they feel like they're making zero impact on the lives of the people around them. You're, you have the power wrapped up in you to encourage that person and give them the strength that they need to go for another six months that they didn't know they had. Yeah. So I just encourage you to be intentional. Look for opportunities to deliver that praise to the people that are around you, that encouragement. How funny is that? We started off the episode thinking... You know, let's uh, let's be down on pr- pride. Mm. Mm. Finish the episode being like, yeah, we should praise each other. Mm. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we're gonna we're gonna call that one to a to a finish there. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. If you got something out of it, please share it with a friend, and uh, we hope to catch you guys all next week for another episode. See ya. And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our mailing list so i would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that if you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet you can go over to itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us so if you want to help us reach those goals please jump in and give us a review 
The final message that I'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our Patreon account. Now, Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating. And ultimately, what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast. And so if you'd like to help us do that, jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk. And you can you can give anything from even a dollar a month upwards. But at different levels, there are different benefits, different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours. If you can't afford that, we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.